We each hold a unique place in this world, complete with our own dreams, culture, and perspective. It is the individual stories of those I meet along my journey that shape the way I see the world. I'm so excited to share these stories with you, and I hope they allow you to fall in love with humanity as much as they have for me. Welcome to This World My View. I'm your host, Liana. Today, I want to introduce you to Rob. Rob and I met through uh, a really cool project that he actually has um, a goal in life that I, I really enjoy and aligned with of to, to meet people. Um, he's on a mission to meet 10,000 people and I got to be one of those numbers. And um, as a result, we got to connect and uh, now be friends. And um, I'm really excited to share a bit of him with you guys. And so uh, Rob's agreed to sit down and uh, let me share a bit of his story with you guys. So Rob, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's good to see you again three weeks later, a month later, whatever it is. <laughs> we have no concept of yeah. time. <laughs> it's good to see you again, too. So I have a list of questions I work through with all of my guests. They're all designed at getting to know you, your perspective, your view of the world, your experience. Sure. Um, no wrong answers, because it's you. Okay. So um, answer as you feel led, and uh, we'll dive right in. Cool. Okay. So first one is, who do you define yourself as? That's a good question. The first thing that popped into my mind is an adventurer, and I think that's because I'm on this adventure to spend an hour with 10,000 different people, and a lot of the project is driven by like a childhood sense of adventure and an endless curiosity for life. So, yeah, adventure is by trade, let's say. <laughs> my Twitter bio, I never go on Twitter, but or maybe it's my Instagram bio of my personal, is life enthusiast, but I'm also a brother a son, like a good friend, a Penn State graduate, a former consultant, so <laughs> many things, but currently adventure is one that fits best. I like that. That, yeah. that fits. Mm-hmm. I think that, that aligns with uh, with what I know of you so far. So, uh, Next one's a little easier. What is your favorite food? Favorite food is anything buffalo chicken. Oh, good yeah. call. I like so, that. Yeah. Buffalo chicken sliders, buffalo chicken dip buffalo chicken soup anything buffalo chicken with frank's red hot hot okay. sauce all right the soup i'll have to add that one to the list mm. i don't think i've tried that before yeah. but sounds good all right fair enough um are you reading anything right now yes i am reading a book called the hole the joint and the subway i think okay so it my sister-in-law read it and her dad gave it to her it's like an if you look it up on goodreads it's got like 4.2 uh, stars out of five, Okay. but it has like four ratings. So <laughs> so four people have read yeah, this. Yeah, but it's good. <laughs> I like it. It's pretty funny so far. And it's something about like the 1980s and okay. I think like the Cold War type stuff or oh. something like underground bunker. But I'm just in the beginning, like 40 pages into it. But the last book I read was called Rebel Ideas, The Power of Diverse Thinking, which you would probably enjoy. It's like... It talks all about cognitive diversity and the benefits of it. Okay. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. All right, we'll borrow that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, what would you say is your greatest fear? My greatest fear is losing people that I care about, mm-hmm. which sucks because mm-hmm. it's going to happen someday. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, th- I lost two uncles when I was a freshman in high school. Like uh, one of a heart attack and one a month later of a brain tumor both my mom's brothers so that was a difficult time and I think there's always like the PTSD of those types of things uh, so I've been very lucky since then like very conscious of it um, but yeah and through my project with the people I talk about I understand how many people lose people who are close to them so I value my time with my loved ones a lot and yeah my greatest fear is not having that time with them so even when times are tough, like say financially with the project or whatever, I'm always like, well, there is probably a version of me that has a lot more money that doesn't have a loved one that is longing for this time. So, I like that. Mm-hmm. There's a version of me that doesn't have what I have now. Mm-hmm. And let me appreciate what I have now. Yeah. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's neat. Uh, on the other end of that, what would you say that you value the most? I value time with my loved ones the most, which is <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, but truly, I, I say all the time, like there's not much that I care about in life other than spending time with the people that I care about. Because mm-hmm. I could care less about like 
the house that I'm living in or the car that I have or the clothes that I wear or whatever as long as I have access to the people that I care about and can spend time with them like everything on top of that is a luxury it's cool yeah and that's that's true to how you've lived your life and how you've mm-hmm. grown and become you know more yourself and, and and more aware of life as you've grown into this project and, and pressed into it more for sure too yeah and I would say I've matured into that too whereas I studied finance at Penn State, so coming out of school, it's like, you obviously think that money can buy happiness, and it can buy peace of mind to an extent, but yeah, I went from like someone who, I don't know, would just chase those things to someone who's like, now I'm 40 minutes from my parents, and that's cool, and like, I'm 40 minutes from my sister and my nephews, and two hours from my brother, so I value that stuff. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's really cool, it says a lot about, like, as we get older or you know progress in life mm-hmm. we mature in things we we tend to value those things a little bit more that we're like this is what matters yeah so that's cool when was the last time you felt joy the last time i felt joy probably this weekend like on saturday i was with a handful of friends from penn state and we were watching the game together the penn state football game so it was the first time in a while just being at a bar with friends not much to do other than enjoy each other's company mm-hmm. so yeah, Penn State won that day, and then the Eagles lost last night, so yeah. that crushed the joy that I had. But <laughs> I lost some of that joy last night yeah. too, and along with my sleep. But <laughs> yeah, but I'm a pretty, I'm by default a pretty, pretty joyous person. Yeah, I can see that mm-hmm. for sure. When was the last time you were afraid, and why? The last time I was afraid, <clears throat> it's probably currently. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Um, just with the overall state, like we were talking a little bit before starting the podcast, um, this state of having recently had speaking engagements to support myself for my project and then getting to a place where one, it's slowing down just because the ones that I had are now completed and two, we're going into the holidays, which is a bit of a slower time. And I had a couple of opportunities, like one company reached out to me to speak there in November and then another reached out for me to speak there in December. And both of those fell through just because, like, it didn't fit within the timeline and the agenda of their events. So there's a saying, like, happiness is the difference between expectation and reality. And, like, when your expectation is, oh, I'm going to have a gig in November and I'm going to have one in December, and then the reality is you don't have either of those, then it's like, oh, okay, now there's a bit of sadness or just disappointment. Mm -hmm. And then the fear is like, oh, well, I don't see anything on my calendar for 2023. And you're like, oh, well, no one's going to book me, which is obviously not true. Like, people will book me in time. But I think, yeah, I always just have a natural sense of fear when you get into those in-between periods. Because, again, like, doing something, and I started my project seven years ago. I've been doing it full-time for over six years. And I've had to put myself in that mental, like, don't spend money on anything, protect yourself, like space and I've been able to climb out of that a little bit Mm -hmm. with speaking but it's like when you have to dive back into it a little bit you're like I don't want to do this again but yeah so my fear is like that I'll have to go back deeper into that place which I don't think I will Um, like just a matter of time things will come up again but yeah I think it's very natural to go through that progression as well yeah very much so like yeah we were talking again like you said before we started just like of all right, I've made it out of this, but, like, that mentality is still, like, wait, am I okay? Am I not okay? Yeah. Like, yes, no, you are. You've done your work. It's going to keep coming. Think bookings will still happen. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that in-between space where it's, like, oh, okay, my brain is, like, there for a minute again. So. Yeah, just hanging on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, would you say that there's a moment in your life that changed you or taught you something? I don't know. I'm trying to – I don't know if there's a moment – in my life. I don't know if this is as big as it'll, I'll make it out to be on, and by talking about it, but when my sister was at Penn State, like her boyfriend at the time was in a fraternity, um, and like we went to their house, and the fraternity house, and there had just been a game where Michigan beat Penn State. It was like a, a situation where there was a penalty on the last play, they added a second back on the clock. And in that second, Penn State beat Michigan. So everyone was upset about it. 
And in this fraternity house, there was a shirt on the wall that said Michigan Cheats. And I was like, oh, such a cool shirt. Like, where did you get that from? And my sister's boyfriend at the time was like, oh, well, it's one of my fraternity brothers. He's in an entrepreneurship class. So he had to sell, like create his own t-shirts for that class. And I think that was an awakening for me of you could be your own boss or you could create your own things in life. And yeah, even though it was a small moment, it always stuck out to me. And I think that combined with me working for a financial advisor in high school, it was like a 10 person company. The guy did really well for himself. And then taking entrepreneurship classes at Penn State and then being exposed to things like The Buried Life on MTV or you could say modern day yes theory is an example of that those things shifted my mind from okay i have to work until retirement to the world is my oyster like what am i going to do with it so it was moments like that that had an impact on me wanting to do something like what i'm doing right now yeah that's cool i mean yeah it's funny because it's like it is it's a moment is there like something in that light bulb which you just that is that is exactly that it's like there's that light bulb moment where you're like oh there's another option, there's another way, or this changed me, or it made me see the world differently, or, or know that there's another way of doing something. So yeah, that's cool. I think it's it's cool to remind people listening too that like it doesn't have to be this big, like massive thing that if you're just like aware of stuff, paying attention to things, that something has the power to change your whole life mm-hmm. in a super simple thing. Yeah. But yeah, that's really cool. Um, So you've known me for a little bit now, (laughs) a little bit longer than some of my guests, but um, what's something you think you and I have in common? I think a zest for life, which I don't know if it's like a a narrow enough term, but like (laughs) with you, with your travel and your openness to meeting different people and like you were saying, you keep this set on you because if you see someone on beach, you're like, okay, well, do you have an hour to record? I think that desire to understand the people of the world and the different cultures of the world and not be limited to where like you and Trenton or me in Philadelphia like where you grew up um, is something we share and I think not only do we share but it's something that we've both taken action towards so there's a lot of people that have that mentality who will stick within the comfort of their jobs but I relate to you a lot in what we could call like an unconventional lifestyle, which to us probably seems like the logical choice in life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like this is the one that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. Yeah, it's neat to share that with you for sure. To mm-hmm. just to to share the the desire and zest for life to mm-hmm. to chase things down and say like, yeah, this seems like the reasonable option. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. And desire to to know people. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the coolest things that I've, I notice in you of just yeah a genuine desire to just be like well why not what I can learn from people mm-hmm. like it's amazing so that's cool but what is something you are looking forward to I am looking forward to I don't uh, like thematically just growing in my stability I think I got a taste of that this year this is the first year since I've started my project that I've had like a real salary like it's like an entry-level salary but like that feels great and I think now I can see the path of okay here's how I grow in this if I follow other speakers and learn from them and then I think I'm excited to add into that like the traditional milestones that I've put off for so long so like I want to have a wife and kids someday I I'm in this place now where I feel like with dating, I tend to push it away because I get too preoccupied with my project, but I'm also in a place where I'm like, that would be a nice addition to my life right now. So down the road, I look forward to going through that whole phase of like finding someone and like falling in love and all that good stuff. Um, And yeah, like getting a house and really starting to build with the, the things that I've like created for myself. So. I'm excited for that. I don't know when that will be. My mind is like, well, what's coming up soon? Like, <laughs> the holidays are nice. I'm excited yeah. for Thanksgiving, but yeah. yeah. No, that's cool. I like that. I appreciate that. Like, I'm looking forward to, you know, where I'm at, what I'm doing, how that's growing, and also, like, yeah, hitting these other things in life that a lot of people look forward to mm-hmm. and uh, something. Yeah, I think that's cool. It's really neat. Um, on the other end of that, is there anything you wish was over already or maybe didn't exist in the world today? Yeah, a lot of, like, bigger things, like (laughs) the whole Ukraine-Russia thing I wish was over. 
I wish like Iran was in a better place listening to its people. I wish we were in a place where people already valued empathy with each other. So I think we're still in a place where people just don't understand each other's backstories or they judge the people around them without ever taking the time to get to know their backstories. So who knows if that will, if will ever get to that point. But yeah, because I think those are the things that like weigh me down and weigh us collectively as like a society down. So yeah, those things. Um, and for the sake of specifics, I will say that I wish that this speaker boot camp that I was attending was over because then I would be in a place where I'd be like, okay, I know to do X, Y, Z. I think that's an interesting thing with entrepreneurship and I'm sure you felt that with your life too, is like, it's not, it's not that you don't know how to work hard, it's that you don't know how to work hard in, in what specifically. Like, if I knew that I had to pick up the phone and call or send out 10 emails or find this specific position on LinkedIn, I would do it. But the challenge is like, what specifically do you have to do to succeed? So I'm looking forward to learning that from other people who've already been in that position. No, that's cool. Yeah, I think that is something that I see a lot. And like, yeah, when it comes to having your own business or things like that, that's something that like, yeah, I know, you know, I do coaching too. And I think a lot of that is like, it's that space to be like, all right, let me help somebody else know what steps to take. Because I think that is one of the most frustrating things as an entrepreneur in any capacity is being like, all right, I'm ready to do the work, but like, what do I do? <laughs> what are those yeah. steps? Like, just tell me what to do. And like, it, there's nobody telling you what to do when you, when it's you, mm-hmm. you're the one telling you what to do. So yeah, I can, I can relate to that in many ways for sure. Of like, just tell me what direction to run in and I'll just go. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, that's cool. What would you say makes you feel known and valued? When I post people's stories, less of like a no I guess it, it still works like when I share people's stories on Instagram after I meet with them like I guess for the listeners like I'm everyone I meet I take a picture with I write a little bit about what I learned from them and I post it to Instagram and I really enjoy when one like that person will message me or comment and be like you know this was great like I like love the write up or whatever um but two, when someone that they know will comment and be like, oh, like this is such an accurate reflection of you because that makes me feel like I did my job at making them feel seen and heard. And I think when other people acknowledge that, it, it makes my efforts feel seen and heard, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. I, I really like that and I really resonate with that. I feel like, yeah, this podcast is like my favorite project and like, when I finish that at the end of that and like with an interview with somebody and like hearing how they felt in that, how they felt like comfortable to talk or or anything like that, it does. It's like, all right, I'm doing something like I'm communicating in the right way or I'm creating space in the right way and same way that you're communicating back. Like, all right, I actually got to hear from this person. I actually got to know them and I actually shared with them like how I listened and they, they feel feel that and just like it's rare that people take the time to do that mm-hmm. so I think it's it's a really neat thing I'm glad you get that hopefully often when you share those yeah yeah that's neat that's really really cool where do you call home and what makes it home to you I call home most times Narstown Pennsylvania <laughs> okay which is where I grew up right now I call home Fairmount in Philadelphia because that's where I live and that's where my lease is but yeah, I have a very distinct idea of home home because I grew up in the same house my entire life. Mm-hmm. My parents still live there. Mm-hmm. They have no plans to sell it. So, and I think growing up, you think that's the norm and then you learn like, oh, to grow up in the same house your entire life is the anomaly. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my definition of home. But then I do have other ones too, like Penn State feels very much like a home to me. It's different now that the people I was with school are gone. Mm-hmm. Um, Long Beach, California feels like a home for me because I spent a year and a half living there. Hoboken, New Jersey feels like a home to me because I spent nine months living there. So there are these secondary places where if I go, I feel very much at ease there and like I belong to that community. But yeah, the strongest one is where I grew up. 
That's fair. Yeah, that's cool to be like, oh, I can always visit my childhood home. Like, mm-hmm. it's not something a lot of us can say for sure. So that's neat. What is something you wish you didn't struggle with? Something I wish I didn't struggle with. Um, nerves when public speaking. Really? Yeah. Because I'm getting better at it. Like, I think that was my biggest area of growth this year, and I'm proud of the growth that I have in that space. But, yeah, for me to do a speaking engagement is, like, I'll meditate, like, every day leading up to it because it's my way of feeling like I have some sense of control over those nerves. And I feel like I can be my own worst enemy in my mind with just so much of, like, oh, people are going to be like, why did they hire you to pay, or why did they pay this guy to come here, whatever. And then, of course, you get, like, all the great feedback afterwards, which is nice. But, yeah, I feel like our mind can be so poisonous sometimes, and I'm sure a lot of people relate to that where, like, they're nervous with something and they just assume the worst is going to happen. It's like fight or flight. So, yeah, if I didn't have that, life would be so much easier. (laughs) But it also, as people say, it shows that you care. And I think I'm learning, too, one of the things that's really helped me is I'm learning to channel that nervousness into excitement. And, like, the way that I think I've done that is if I feel myself being nervous, I'll become more animated on stage. Rather than trying to like quell that emotion, I'll just let it come out. And it oftentimes makes for a better speech. That's fair. That's cool. Yeah, I think it speaks a lot to like you as a person too in a really cool way. Where like I don't know, I feel like sometimes people can make the assumption that like someone who does a lot of speaking engagements like is into themselves or really feels like they have something worth saying and everyone just like needs to hear them talk. Um but the humanness in that and in your personality of being like, like I see that now you're like, I say really because you speak a lot, but not really because you seem like the type that's like, yeah, like I'm just going to get up and go for it. Like, I think it's kind of cool to be like, yeah, this maybe terrifies me a little bit, but I'm doing it anyway, but it's cause I have a message I want to share mm-hmm. cause I value the people listening, not because like you're seeing yourself as like, I don't know, this great and mighty something. I just think yeah. it's kind of cool. It really shares like a lot of your humanness in mm-hmm. that to be like, yeah, no, I just want to connect with these people and it makes me nervous. <laughs> yeah. I want them to hear that or value it or, you know, not undervalue me in that too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. And I believe in the, the power of like human connection and I think it just, it is what it is. Like that's the, a really great way for me to share what I'm learning and to make an impact on people so if it makes me nervous it's kind of irrelevant it's like you just have to push that aside and go for it what is something you used to struggle with but maybe don't anymore or have grown in I don't know I think like maybe like friendship and again not in like a huge way in my life but when I was in high school like I went to a smaller high school and my sophomore year just stopped getting invited to things which um like yeah, I was just kind of, like, not invited to anything anymore. My brother was a senior at the time, um, and, like, he had, like, his own group of friends and stuff uh, aside, and, like, he was nice enough to bring me to some things, but, you know, it's, like, his grade. Mm-hmm. Two grades in high school is so much different than two years now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, and I think it, there was just, like, a lot of flaky friendships in that group. And then when I got to college and I found people who were like me and, like, similar to me where I could choose those friends... I was like, oh, okay, this is what friendship is. And I have gotten to a point in my life where, like, I don't even think twice about the loyalty of my friends because we're so tight with each other. And I think that was something that I always had to question in high school with some people. There was a few people that I was, like, really tight with. But, yeah, I just went from that place of questioning to a place of confidence in my friendships. And I feel bad because I know people are still struggling with that in their lives no matter what age they are and they're like trying to find the group that they could or the person that they could call at 3 a.m in the morning who would show up for them and yeah I'm just happy that I've gotten to that place in my life and like grateful for those friends Mm -hmm. yeah friendship is like one of the best gifts and also one of the hardest things when you feel like it's lacking Mm -hmm. and high school's hard I mean that's rough to go through that and feel like oh man I realize I'm not being included or I'm not being invited to things or it just makes us feel like truth is irrelevant at that point. It's all about how we feel and we feel unwanted and we feel like it's us and we feel like everyone but us has those friends. And in reality, I think 
everyone's going through their own insecurities and everyone's going through their own things but yeah to come to a point in life and yeah it's not just high school it's adulthood too people struggle with that so I'm glad you get to come to a point where you have those friendships and those connections and I can I can agree with that too I think a lot of people struggle with that and a lot of people have been through those phases and and coming to points where you're like it takes time it takes time to build those friendships for sure but yeah 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 and I'll say though it was like also a benefit to have that time because I think that was the first time that I got to a place where I was okay being on my own and then with this project there's a lot of like seeing all my friends pursue the traditional way of going through life like settling down getting the house the kids the nine to five and me being on my own but like this time I was equipped to handle that and like comfortable in that space so in the end it was helpful yeah we learn sometimes we learn skills that we don't realize we're learning and we don't realize that we're going to really cherish mm-hmm. as we as we get older but I think it's it's awesome to be able to look back and be like actually I'm, this helped me a lot and I'm mm-hmm. grateful for that but yeah um what is something you are confident in helping someone else through or with i'm confident in helping people how learn how to connect with other people because at this point i'm growing like really confident in my experience and my credibility around my project because so i've met 5300 people so far that's a lot of people yeah (laughs) and uh from like 90 countries around the world Mm -hmm. and I've had great conversations with all of them and I think that in and of itself has become a skill like I don't know if everyone could go do that I'm sure like everyone has the potential to but there's a lot of people that don't know how to have conversations or aren't confident and the thing that I talk about now in my speeches and I didn't come up with it but it's called Ford like the Ford framework so if you're having a conversation with someone new and you don't know what to talk about you can ask about their family their occupation their recreation and their dreams Mm -hmm. so like their family dynamic their occupation whether it's school the job whatever Mm -hmm. their hobbies and where they want to go with their life Mm -hmm. and you can the same way that you're like asking the same questions to people for your podcast you can systematize conversations not that you would do it in like a check the box way but you could have these categories that you can think of and the more you use them in conversation the more confident you become and like if you're using it like for me for example the same way that I talk to people through my project is how I would talk to someone at a fundraising event or a graduation party or on a first date it's all the same stuff you're just trying to get to know that other person so yeah I'm confident in my experience now that I can translate that into helping other people do it in their own lives yeah that's cool and it is it's like I think something that we all desire have this like need to fill of connecting with others it's become like a skill that we often forget to hone in on or to train or to practice and so to be able to say hey like I've learned this and I've chosen to learn this and anyone can do this but I know how to do this well and I can help you do this well like I think that is something that's really cool to be to be a strong in in helping someone else with is to say like I can help you connect with people I can help you figure out how to have these conversations or just to get started and to not fear that so much I think it's it's really valuable but yeah I'm glad you're out doing that in the world Mm -hmm. for sure yeah Yeah. all right so this one's a little bit more fun um if you were to have ten thousand dollars and two weeks you have to spend it in can't give it away what are you going to do with it I've had ten thousand dollars in two weeks to spend it my finance brain is like oh (laughs) invest it (laughs) yeah um I probably would though I'm being honest because I'm such a, like, the opposite of instant gratification, whatever that is, that's what I am. And The opposite of instant gratification is you. Yeah, it's yeah. like the, like, like long-term. Delayed, yeah. Yeah, delayed Yeah, I don't know if there's, like, a yeah. people don't have that desire often, so, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, I've, I've just always been that way, and I think it's taken a lot of that mentality to do my project and, like, to do something for six years and be like, okay, I made nothing and this will still work and I think the future me will be better off for it mm-hmm. is like that same mentality that would go into because <laughs> yeah especially coming that's my honest answer I would like to be like oh you know what I would go on like on a boat or I would <laughs> throw a party for people in need or something like that but if you actually gave me ten thousand dollars today my mind would be like it. yeah it'd be like all right we'll put some in your Roth IRA because okay. you can max that out fair enough all right. I appreciate the honesty then. 
Um, is there anything you wish you could say to somebody you love, but maybe they're not in a place that they would hear it well, receive it as you intend it, um, or just, yeah, yeah, accept it for the heart you have behind it? No, it's cool. <laughs> no, I actually, I think that everyone that I love, like, I feel comfortable enough with them that I could tell them that. So I would just t- to tell all of my friends and family that I love them. So if they're listening to this, I love you. So, and I've, so when my friend Ryan got engaged, he invited Pat, who was his roommate at Penn State, and me to pick out the engagement ring with him. And, and we went out to lunch afterwards with his, his dad and him. And I think when we were just saying goodbye, we were like, oh, I love you. And his dad was like, oh, that's so nice. He's like, too many people say like, I hate, I hate this, I hate that these days and not enough people say I love you so within my friend group and like if I ever talk to my brother or sister on the phone I always tell them I love them when I hang up or when I lived with my parents I would always tell them I love you before I went to bed so I've built that into my life and I think that it's a testament to my friends too to be like the type of people who are comfortable enough to hear that and say it back too and um, have it be this appreciation we have for one another as opposed to trying to be like too masculine or whatever so yeah all the people that i i think and like i'm lucky too that my friends are in good places so yeah no that's cool and yeah it is it's that reciprocating relationship that they're willing to hear it Mm -hmm. that they're not intimidated by letting themselves feel that or making sure that you feel it back from them or verbalizing it as well i think that's that's huge. I think, yeah, it's a good thing to be able to tell your friends you love them. Definitely your family and people like that. It's cool. Um, on the other end of that, is there anything that would be hard for you to hear about yourself from somebody you love? I think it's always hard to hear, like, criticism of what I'm doing, constructive or not. Mm-hmm. And I've had that. I've had, like, my family, like, um, except for my brother, like, question the path that I was on in the early days. And that was not an easy thing to navigate. Luckily, like, I'm just kind of, like, stubborn in that aspect, which is funny because I get it from my parents. But, yeah, I think to hear, and nowadays it's too, like, in feedback and speaking, like, you get all this great feedback. And then sometimes people are like, oh, this is just a privileged person who is using, like, their parents' money or whatever. And I think it's hurtful when, like, people don't want to take the time to get to know me when my whole life revolves around getting to know other people. Um... Or yeah, like when people try to not try or they just naturally discount what you're doing because they don't have a full understanding of it. It could be frustrating because you want to like tell them your whole side of the story and like everything that you did to get to this point. But I think part of life is just letting go of those things as well. So yeah, that's something I think I'm navigating too as a speaker is. And like same with my project, if someone were to be like, well, I met up with this guy and he sucked for an hour. Like it's just... (laughs) You're like, uh, yeah, right, you're like, oh, sorry, you felt that way. I'm sorry, I ruined your day, but, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I just want to do a good job um, in the things that I'm doing. So if people feel differently, that's always hard to hear. No, I, I think that's that's really awesome to, to say, say, like, yeah, like, to be able to be honest in that. And be like, I'm taking the time to get to know you because I value you and, like, yeah, it sucks when you feel like somebody makes an assumption about you or they don't bother to give you that same courtesy or just take the time to value you or see you in that. Um, and then also being okay with like, okay, sometimes our story doesn't get heard, mm-hmm. but it doesn't change it. It doesn't devalue it. It doesn't mean it's not worth hearing if one person here or there chooses not to. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's really cool and, and grounding and gives us confidence to be able to like okay like in ourselves and what we're doing yeah to accept that and mm-hmm. it's okay if somebody doesn't validate it yeah uh, what would you say makes you feel at peace routine having a routine mm-hmm. makes me feel at peace and nowadays that routine includes meeting three people every day like monday through friday mm-hmm. and working on drumming up speaking opportunities throughout the week and going to the gym monday wednesday friday reading like an hour before bed every night and trying to learn to cook new things and seeing family or friends on the weekend. Like if I do that every week, I'm content. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm in a good, like if I could have that and have like one new speaking opportunity come up every week, I would feel fulfilled like, okay, like I'm moving forward financially, I'm moving forward impact wise with my project. 
I'm learning, I'm contributing to my physical health, and I'm upholding the relationships with the people I have around me. Mm. And yeah, it's when I break from that routine that I can feel the stress or I can feel myself off. And sometimes it happens when you, like every time I would move to LA or come back to the East Coast, when I didn't have like the gym set up, it's like, oh, okay, like I'm not in the gym. I feel like I'm not making progress in that area. So when I have that balance, I feel good. It's like when you're juggling and like everything is flying correctly. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I like that. It touches on like kind of every aspect of who you are as a mm-hmm. person, like your health and multiple facets and and life in that to be like, yeah, this would make me fulfilled and this would make me feel that way. I like that. That's that's really cool and it's cool that you're doing that mm-hmm. and pressing into that more and more. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah, it's rare to be able to feel like, all right, this is what makes me feel that way, and, mm-hmm. and I'm actually doing it. Yeah. So, um, this is always my slightly loaded question. Okay. Um, is there anything you wish you could say to the opposite sex that maybe they normally wouldn't receive while coming from you as a man? Whether mm-hmm. it's a compliment, a criticism, a bit of encouragement, or just something you wish they knew about themselves or about you or men in general? Yeah. <laughs> It's an in- interesting question because I feel like I I feel like I don't have anything because I feel like I feel like at peace with the opposite sex and I think that I learned that through my project because I think in our lives a lot of us like as we go through like our teens and twenties you're only interacting with the opposite sex like if you're a straight person in like a context of dating or maybe it's like um maybe it's a business setting as well like class but i feel like you're always filtering it through that dating like potential partner um filter Mm -hmm. but once i started meeting people like girls from my project the the majority of the time that i have spent with them is just like these platonic like sit down interactions get to know each other and i feel like i've learned so much about them through that experience that i don't know because i don't i like my mind is thinking like oh like if i told a girl she was beautiful and she took it the wrong way like but i haven't had those situations (laughs) and i like haven't put myself in those situations um or like the things that women are fighting for I stand kind of on their side with them so I don't feel like I would be trying to debate that mm-hmm. in any way so yeah I think I would just say like and this goes for anything is to like help them know, know I don't even know if I'm answering the original question but to like not fall into the trap of comparison like I wish that that could just be said and heard by everyone because I feel like it's something that women struggle with and I think that the like the standards that they feel are set for them yeah I think that as a guy I don't think maybe we think about those standards as much as they do and I could be wrong on that but I think that there is a lot is driven by like how other girls will perceive you yeah and I think that's I really like what you're sharing and like just how this project has given you space and opportunity to platonically get to know humanity of different genders Mm -hmm. and to experience people and be like oh because sometimes we do sometimes a lot of us grow up in settings where it's like you only see it through that that dating lens Mm -hmm. or you only see it through that that filter and so I think it's it's really cool to be like oh there's another option Mm -hmm. and like you get to learn a lot from those people but also just like your message of love and care mm-hmm. for women to say like hey like oh, I just wish you didn't compare as much mm-hmm. to each other to what someone else thinks of you to just to be yourself mm-hmm. and I think that does go for a lot of people and mm-hmm. a lot of us so yeah. yeah I think that's that's heartfelt and mm-hmm. honest and I appreciate it yeah yeah thanks for sharing that mm-hmm. but, mm. all right so you are used to having an audience before you <laughs> when you do speaking engagements mm-hmm. um but if you were to have a large audience before you, leave them with a bit of advice, a life lesson, wisdom, or encouragement, what would you share? The one line that I feel like I've learned from my project is um, to help them understand that no one really knows what they're doing with their lives. Mm-hmm. Everyone is just doing the best they can with the resources that they have. And I say that because every time I say that to someone in my project, you can see that it registers with them. And I think, like, in high school, in that place where I wasn't being invited to things, like, you, and just through college and whatever, I think so many of us are like, oh, everyone's, like, two years ahead of me. Like, they know what they're doing when it comes to 
girls when it comes to getting the job or when it comes to being the person that's going to get the promotion and we, I think the issue is everyone else is looking right back at us thinking the same thing so yeah the more I understood that through my interactions with people the more comfortable I became in my life and as a result the more confident I became because I wasn't like I used to think that confidence was not having insecurities or uncertainties and now I think confidence is just walking along your alongside your uncertainties or insecurities and yeah it's like a weird little hack um even with like i don't know when i would talk on podcasts in the past um and i think you talk about people's perception of you say like speaking or you have followers or you have like a blue check mark and people would look at my project and be like oh yeah like you're killing it you're doing so well I'm like, cool, like, I live with my parents because I can't afford to move out of my house. And I have no idea how I'm not going to live this life. But because I was, like, not afraid to say that, it in turn became, like, a confidence in a way. And people were like, oh, like, you seem really focused on this project then. So, yeah, I think it would be to understand that and uh, to think about people with depth. Because when you're interacting with someone, like, you're interacting with the surface level version of them. But they're operating with the entire life experiences that they've been through and so are you so yeah there's always something beneath what we see Mm -hmm. that's impacting how they're seeing us how they're showing up what they feel comfortable saying and same for us Mm -hmm. and i think that's yeah it's really sound advice for anyone listening to say like everyone is just as concerned about what someone's thinking of them or what how they're showing up in the world uh, as you are sometimes more so yeah stepping into that confidence of saying like i'm gonna just show up and walk alongside my insecurities and and be who i feel like i'm supposed to be and i think that's yeah it it does when we walk in that and live in that people look and go like oh wow like you're doing really well and you're like i am okay (laughs) and it's really it's just it's an acceptance of who you want to be and choosing to be that person and i think that's a lot of us uh in life often search for that and i think it's cool to when we get to find it so I don't know how you would, we are here in the States um, yeah. and you've grown up in Philly, but um, what is something you love about your culture? However you would define that. I love the freedom that we have here in the States, like the freedom to express ourselves. Like if you disagree with like a political person, you can go online and say something about them and not fear for your life. Uh, I think, and I do think there's a lot of opportunity for us here. I don't think that everyone is born with the same set of cards, but I like you can play the game. And, like the game is available to us in the states and i think that 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 freedom and flexibility is something that a lot of people take for granted mm-hmm. who like i sometimes hear people say like um, america is or like the u.s is a third world country wrapped in a gucci belt and i hate that phrase because i'm like yes we have our issues but to me that's like an insult to third world countries who are going through problems that are incomparable to what you might be facing in your life so yeah, I really appreciate that, and I think I got a greater sense of that as once COVID hit and I started talking to people from around the world, and I got to understand, like, you talk to, like, someone who's in Egypt who's, like, wants to do journalism, and they're like, well, I can't rock the boat too much because I don't want to get killed. So, yeah, I am happy to have those opportunities being here in the States. Yeah, very much so, to have perspective on on uh, on what we experience in this country, but then to not devalue or insult someone else because we think our experience is the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I appreciate that. Is there anything uh, you wish people knew about your culture? Uh, About the U.S.? That there's a lot to it. (laughs) I feel like when you talk to, and I guess this goes for other countries too, they probably want to, like the way we think about them, I think that we are not defined by guns. I hear a lot of people, I'm sure you've seen this through your travels, like, they're like, what do you think about when you think of America? They're like, guns there's a lot of people that don't have guns or don't care for them to be around and i think we are not defined by our political leaders no matter who you like vote for or support like whether it's trump or biden in office like we're not defined by them we are a country that is extremely vast that um yeah has like a lot of differing opinions and stuff but i do think that there yeah is an openness to the people here as well so yeah and landscape wise it's really beautiful like I've driven across the country six different times and 
to see it go from like the trees and woods of Pennsylvania to like the farms of Iowa to the mountains of Colorado and the desert of Las Vegas, Nevada, into like the coastline of California. There's just so much beauty to it if you take the people like out of the equation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, very much so. Yeah, no, definitely not defined by politics. Mm-hmm. Things that change so quickly and are so temporary and mm-hmm. there are so many diverse humans and personalities and even cultures within our culture and, mm-hmm. and a lot of beauty in the country itself without the people so I, I appreciate all of that mm-hmm. takeaway that's cool um, is there anything about your culture that you're not proud of yeah I think the like the inequalities that exist mm-hmm. um, whether it's race or gender or I think like I wish that it I don't I don't have the answers to how you would fix this and like how you fix like like hundreds of years of prior decisions but it is disappointing when you understand that like not everyone has like food deserts for example it's just like an easy example like not everyone has the same access to food and quality food mm-hmm. across the country mm-hmm. and like that might be something that you take so simply for granted um, or like not everyone has a strong support system at home and those things can really weigh us down as like for example i met um a girl who had to drop out of college because not because she wasn't smart or because she was lazy but her mom couldn't afford to pay rent on her own so she had to get a job to help her mom pay rent and it's like the cards that she was dealt are different than the cards that i was dealt where my parents like were able to take care of themselves they encouraged me to go to college like i was able to focus on school when i was at school so yeah, I think, like, I wish there was more equality. I don't know the answer mm. to that. But in this ideal world that we're creating, it'd be nice if everyone had the same opportunities to create because I think some of those people who... I'm sure there are a lot of people that have a lot of great gifts and contributions to the world that will never come to fruition just because they didn't have the right resources. I think that is accurate. and I don't know. I often think of that. Like, it's like, yeah, if we all had the same opportunities man like what would we have solved or what would we have created or what would have happened but then also a lot of a lot of us become something because we grow through that adversity yeah, and we grow through too. lack of opportunities so yeah it's a it's a crazy thing to think of but I do I do agree with that it'd be cool to have you know that ideal world that we're creating that mm-hmm. doesn't exist but yeah. yeah yeah and that's the flip side of it too like a lot of you, you said people who go through that adversity like there'll be a lot of people who can treat contribute and create things for the world because of what they've been through i don't know it's very philosophical <laughs> <laughs> we won't torture you too yeah. bad with that. yeah would you say you know what your purpose is in life right now i say my purpose is to infuse more empathy into the world and i think the ways that i do that are through meeting people and setting a positive example of human connection through speaking to people and facilitating connection amongst them and hopefully someday being a professor at a university and having a course where students pair off one-on-one every class period and learn from each other's backgrounds rather than a textbook or a PowerPoint. So yeah, I feel like it's the creation of empathy through the facilitation of human connection um, right now. Because seven years ago, my answer would look different. And I'm <laughs> sure seven years into the future, it will look different, but if you timestamp this, that's what it looks like. All right. Well, it's timestamped for now. Yeah, and yeah. We'll call you back in another seven years yeah. and see where it's at and uh, look forward to coming and visiting your classroom as a professor yeah. someday. Yeah. That's cool. I don't know if you do, but do you have a favorite tattoo? And if so, why? I do not have any tattoos. <laughs> so, so no favorites. <laughs> so no favorites. What is something you've accomplished that you're really proud of? I have a very trivial answer. Okay. Well, because, like... I'm very proud of the fact that I've been able to get through seven years of doing something that I created in my mind that didn't exist before mm-hmm. and like found a way to support that. Mm-hmm. To meet 5,300 people took 5,300 plus hours and to stick with something long enough. So yeah, I'll stick with this answer. I, it's again kind of theoretical, but like my consistency. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I get a lot of compliments on from other people and I think that that has just been a strength in my life that I've been able to tap into, whether it's going to the gym or doing the hour of reading a night or going and meeting people. Like I can just switch my brain into a place where I'm like, these are the parameters and you'll operate within these. Mm -hmm. And then I just turn off my emotion towards it. Mm -hmm. So 
I think that's really helped me with my project. And like, I always tell people there's never days where I wake up and I'm like, oh, I'm tired today, so I'm not going to meet people. It just doesn't exist. I will go meet people and I will progress in my project. And I'm proud of the, the discipline and consistency that I've developed through it because I think that's going to serve me long term. Like, I think in my short 31 years of life so far, like, I've learned, like, it is not like this particular milestone or that particular date or this trophy. It's like the characteristics that you develop along the way that allow you to reach those points. And I'm more proud of those things. And like with my project, I'm more proud of the journey than the destination. That's very worth being proud of for mm-hmm. sure. And I, I love that. It's to say like, yeah, I've learned to be consistent or I've grown in that consistency. And I think just being willing to show up for something every day, like continually year after year now mm-hmm. you've been in this for years and to to show up for something for yourself for other people for the world for what you leave behind like mm-hmm. it's really it's a really cool thing to be like yeah I'm committed to this and I'm proud of that that progress that you're choosing to take every day and that goal is like that's what I'm aiming for and so all the things that happen day in and day out it's like it's not even a question yeah because you're still aiming for that goal mm-hmm. so I think it's really cool um Well, Rob, I appreciate your time so much. A chance to just learn a little bit more about you, share that with other people. Um, But is there anything else you want others to know about who you are or what matters to you? No, if they want to meet with me, feel free to hit me up on Instagram at robs10kfriends. And if you're in Philly, I would love to meet with you in person. If not, we can do a Zoom call or maybe someday I'll travel to where you are. But yeah, I think that's... I'm just happy that people had the, if they're here, to take the time to get to know my story and and listen to me. Um, yeah, and thank you for having me on the show. It's like why I enjoy doing this project too is you can meet someone like us a month ago or whatever and there's that initial like, hey, it's nice to meet you. And then you meet a second time and you're like, oh, I'm just doing a podcast with a friend and <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about this project is like the second time you see people or the third time you see them so maybe other people can take that as a lesson too that when you meet someone once you're just opening the door and you never know where that door will lead i love that i love that a lot and i agree with that yeah that second that third when it's like oh we're friends now Mm -hmm. how did this start yeah and it's just like just taking that step that first step to say like i'm gonna knock on the door i'm gonna open the door i'm gonna sit down and uh and do that it's it's an honor to call you a friend to know you to to get to hear your story to to have that and i think what, what you're doing is is a really cool thing so i'm i'm glad to be able to share that and yes he does mean that genuinely uh for those of you listening i'll link everything in the show notes for sure but um yeah reach out get to know rob let him get to know you and um just yeah help be a part of the people that are expanding his world and your own so Rob, thank you for your time. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for tuning in to This World My View. Your reviews are what keep this show going. So if you have a moment, I would so appreciate you just taking a second to write a review. Anything from, I really enjoyed this, or something you took away that changed your perspective or impacted your life, or something you connected with. If you have a chance to share that on social media and tag me and the show in it. I would greatly appreciate that. I just want to thank you also for just being a part of my world and community here at This World My View.